You're listening to The Dub. This is a bi-weekly American history podcast. Each week, I, Dave Anthony, story from American history, my friend. Gareth Reynolds has no idea what the topic's going to be about. God, do you want to look at it, dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Gara. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakey of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. What podcast, what podcast do you listen to? You know, Dave, as someone involved in the podcast world, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, but you like uh, Punch Drunk, right? I like Punch Drunk. I like Rogan. You like Rogan, yeah. I like Point versus Point, my other podcast. Yeah? Yeah, I do you like, like that other one. one. Yeah. You listen to it? That one I'll listen to, but that's just because there's crazy plots going on. So like, I have to like remember <laughs> like what has happened and, you know... But I don't enjoy, like, I don't, like, listen to it and go, like, I'm having a great time. I'm like, all right, yeah, his hair's falling out because he's tried to bleach his hair. Right, remember. That's crazy. Well, right now, on Point vs. Point, Evan is dating Charlize Theron. Sure. That's been going on for a little while. Yeah. As far as I understand. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, last week, I brought in a Winona Ryder uh, Uh, She was on the podcast? Uh, It turned out it was a fake. She was uh, dressed up as Wonder Woman in front of Man's Chinese Theater. And she told you she was... No, we were convinced Evan... I tried to convince Evan that she was Winona Ryder because I was jealous of his love gotcha. affair with Charlize Theron. And then he poked holes in the fact that I just hired a Winona Ryder from the streets. By the way, that's an amazing documentary. Oh, that is crazy. What's it called? There is a line in it. They, they've made a, they made a documentary about uh, like the man's Chinese theater characters. You know, all these People characters that stand is. in front on of Hollywood, Hollywood Boulevard, yeah, Hollywood Boulevard they dress up around. like the Hulk, like Superman, like Batman... And there's a documentary called – I can't remember what it's called. But uh, it basically follows some of these people and, you know, you definitely want to give them the benefit of the doubt of not being crazy. But they're all just very crazy. Super crazy. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> I have a fr- – uh, I'm not going to tell the story. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one though. I'll just tell it real quick. I'll tell it real quick. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. So my buddy um, who – yeah, um, I want to be pretty loose with the details. But basically um, someone I know worked on uh, – worked in, in TV and um, was like – saw the documentary and saw one of the characters – and was basically like to one of the, you know, saw the character on the street after seeing the documentary and went up to him and was just basically like, hey, you know, I saw this documentary. Um, you know, I, I saw you're not happy doing this. Oh, can I ask, was it Superman or Batman? Hulk. Oh. And so he's like, uh, do you, you know, if you want, I'm sure I could figure out a way to get, you, you could be an extra on a show if you wanted to work in extra, you know, you wanted to be in Uh-oh. extras. Uh-oh. And the guy was like, yeah, for sure. So then, um, you know, sure enough, the guy shows up and he's there to be an extra. And uh, within like 20 minutes, there's like some weird kerfuffle. <laughs> like there's, you know, like something going on and my buddy's kind of like, oh, uh, hopefully it's nothing to do with the guy that I got. You know, hopefully it's nothing to do with the Hulk. And uh, and then he goes over there and he's like, 
hey, what uh, what what's been going? Like, what happened there? I, I heard something, and someone was like, "Oh, one of the extras shit their pants," no. and he was like, "Oh, okay," and, and he's like, "Do you know who?" And they're like, "That guy," and it's the guy, and he's like, "Ah, oh, shit!" Come on, <laughs> it's like, damn it, shit his pants right away. Shit his pants right away. We should also point out real quick that we have a book called The United States of Absurdity that you can uh, get an order. Uh, please buy it if you like this podcast. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, and if you want to leave a comment or, uh, you know, a five-star review or whatever, however the hell the reviews work, you know, give it a whirl. You know what I mean? Okay, you just give it a whirl. That's all I'm saying. You know, look, I'm not, I don't want to sound desperate. I'm just saying buy the book and leave a good review. Uh, you can also leave a review for the podcast on iTunes. That helps us out. Oh, man. August! All right. 1914. Okay. I was hoping there'd be more. This is a fucking name. Why didn't I look at this? Why did I? What's going on? The first name is insane. Uh, hit me with it. Venistiano? Whoa. Venistiano Carranza. Uh, was sworn uh, into office as Mexico's head of state. Okay. Which ended the bulk of the fighting of the Mexican Revolution. Okay. President Woodrow Wilson, who just wanted to be done with the Mexican nonsense and wanted to focus on what was going on in Europe and World War I, withdrew American forces from Mexico. Okay. But Pancho Villa, who was a hard man to control, refused to give up the fight and continued starting border skirmishes with the U.S. Okay. He's, you know, mixing it up. Well, yeah, he's the inventor of the Pancho. During this time, typhus... Even rain won't stop me. What? A light rain won't stop me. What? Mild snow won't stop me. For I have a poncho. During Muddy this- conditions won't stop me. During I this- could go see Gallagher performing concert and he would not stop me. During no this- elements will stop me. <laughs> During this time, typhus became a problem. Oh, boy. It spread from Mexico City to the provinces from Veracruz to Jalisco. Thomas Calloway Lee was born in Missouri in 1877 and volunteered to fight in the Spanish-American War in uh, 1898. So, you know. Right. Early. Yeah. At the end of the war, he decided to stay in Texas and moved to the border town El Paso. Sure. Or in uh, Spanish, El Paso. Yeah. I think that either way that... He became a well-known criminal lawyer and became known for um, emotional drama in court. Sure. Okay. At some point, Lee decided to enter politics and ran for mayor in 1914. This was during the progressive era, which did not mean liberal. It meant he was pro-cleaning up the filth in the city. Okay. Very different. Still, something to vote for. And, and uh, Tom Lee was obsessed with cleanliness. He said he would get rid of the old, dirty, corrupt politicians like incumbent mayor Charles Kelly and all his Mexican supporters. Okay. At the time, there were poll taxes, which ensured most working class Mexican Americans could not vote. Okay. But Kelly illegally paid their poll taxes, so they voted for him. Uh, okay. That's which, if you think about it, is the makes right sense. thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, if you're yeah. going back, you're like, oh, that's the right thing to do. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. With the pledge illegal, but you're like no, 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 no. But good. With the pledge to clean up this corruption, Lee was elected mayor in 1915. All right. 
using local military troops. Lee had hundreds of quote German. Remember, I said he was he was literally he's literally a germaphobe. Literally about cleaning up the city. Okay, he really has problems with germs. Right, it's disgusting. So he had hundreds of quote German-fested adobe homes destroyed in an area of El Paso. Get them all out of here. Chihuahuita, I think. Chihuahuita. Chihuahuita. In their place, he had American-made brick buildings constructed. Okay. He also had El Paso pass the first ordinance against Mexican hemp. Wait, it El passed? It El passed Pasoed, which we we call marijuana. Oh, good. I've read about that stuff. Uh, At the time, pot was associated with Mexican revolutionaries, which is one of my favorite facts ever. (laughs) That pot is associated... With Mexican revolutionaries. It's <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> um, uh, so Tom Lee also used to wear silk underwear. All right. Cool. He did not wear them because he liked how they felt or looked, but because he was afraid of contracting typhus from Mexican immigrants. Will they help? Yes. <laughs> His good friend, Dr. Klutz. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Come on. <laughs> Come on now. You, you know me. What are you doing to me over here? Dr. Klutz? <laughs> His good friend, Dr. Stupid, recommended silk underpants. Oh, God, I dropped that. <laughs> yeah. All right, and I'll just slice the goiter right... Oh, no. I've done it again. Oh, I'm such a klutz, I left the thing in your body. Uh, the only thing is that um, we have to well, use forceps for the forceps because we left them inside of you. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, I've dropped the bloody go. <laughs> uh, so Dr. Klutz told him that typhus lice did not stick to silk. No, no, trust me. And apparently, I'm Dr. Klutz. He was super concerned about his genital area. <laughs> right. and, and typhus lice, yeah. as we all are. Yeah. Well, the last thing you want is to, for them to get on your pee-pee. So, being a germ freak, Mayor Lee sent letters and telegrams to Washington, D.C. officials for months asking for a full quarantine against Mexicans at the border. He wanted a quarantine camp to hold all Mexican immigrants for 10 to 14 days to make sure they were free of typhus before allowing them to come into the United States. Why not just drape them in silk? That's what I'm talking about. What about making them out of silk? Yeah. I have ideas. Mm, Yours maybe goes a little far. So... um, the El Paso Public Health Service officials thought the mayor's request was a little bit extreme, a little bit out there. Sure. Yeah, holding for two weeks seems a little extreme. Dr. B.J. Lloyd. Okay. So we have <laughs> just what's going on? Are you making these up? Dr. Klutz and Dr. Blowjob I have to sit here and deal with? Look, this is what the town was. I'm painting you a picture. Uh, you know, I'm actually going to need to have a look under those uh, silk boxers. I fell on your dick! Oh, God damn it, Klutz. I'm in the middle of something in here. Get out of here. I'm about to do my thing. Oh, sorry. I thought that this was the bathroom. I keep thinking this one's the bathroom. Don't! I cut his penis! Oh! 
Uh, Why is there a skateboard? Janitor closet broom. Ow. Dr. B- Dr. B.J. Lloyd, the health, the public health service official in El Paso, wrote to the U.S. Surgeon General, quote, Mayor Lee wants an absolute quarantine against Mexico. When Mayor Lee gets excited, he always writes someone in Washington. The last time this occurred, he sent a message to the president. Oh, boy. Lloyd went on. Typhus fever is not now and probably never will be a serious menace to our civilian population in the United States. We probably have typhus fever in many of our large cities now. I'm opposed to the idea of quarantine camps for the reason that the game is not worth the candle. The game is not worth the candle? That must have been a phrase back then. The game is not worth the candle. Oh, you know what maybe, that means? Maybe you used to say flame, and when I was typing it, it, it auto-corrected. The flame The game is, is not worth the candle? Well, the only thing I could think of... Well, I mean, I'm probably making it up, but I, it probably is the flame. What's your idea with the game? Like, if, it, if you were to be partaking in some sort of game... With a candle? Yeah, it's not worth wasting a candle on said game. Okay. No, that, that might be exactly right, because this is back when... Boy, I really... I couldn't I read you on that like, one. I thought I was about to get reamed. But this is... You know, they might be setting up electricity in certain places, but there's definitely a lot of places that don't have electricity. So to play a game, they might have to burn a candle. Right, and you're saying and it's not say, worth wasting a candle. I think you might be right. Okay. We're going to go with that one. All right. So quarantine camps were not put in place, right? Good. But Lloyd was not as great as he sounds. Instead of camps, he thought it would be a good idea to set up de-lousing plants. Oh, boy. What? Let let me finish. I'm horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Using very similar racist language as Lee, Lloyd told his superiors he was cheerfully uh, writing to, quote, bathe and disinfect all the dirty, lousy people who are coming into this country from Mexico. Dirty, lousy? Yeah, that's what he said. We shall probably continue the work of killing lice in the effects of immigration, the Mexican border, for many years to come, certainly not less than 10 years, and probably 25 years or more. Okay. So, good for him for not putting him in camps, but yeah. delousing's no walk in the park. Yeah. Mexican border crossers were not considered illegal in the U.S. until 1917 when a new law imposed heavy barriers to entry. Mexican nationals, for the very first time, needed a passport to enter into the United States. Okay. And even though there were only 31 typhus cases in the entire United States (laughs) and only three typhus-related deaths in El Paso in 1917, U.S. officials quickly adopted a policy of sanitizing Mexican immigrants... Uh. At disinfecting station in El Paso. <laughs> disinfecting Literally no station. reason for it. No reason for it. Like, I mean, what is the process at the disinfection station? Oh, you'll get there. The policy applied, applied to all Mexicans entering the U.S. at El Paso and soon uh, spread to the Laredo Nuevo uh, crossing and along the U.S.-Mexican border all the way. At the border... Mexican men and women were separated. Any child coming would go with the women. They were then taken into separate buildings and stripped of all their clothing and valuables. The clothing and valuables were steamed. Oh, my God. What? Other stuff like shoes, hats, or belts were exposed to uh, 
cyanogen, cyanogen gas. Then inspectors examined the now naked people for lice. That's not demeaning. <laughs> not at all. A customs inspector would chick his or her, quote, hairy parts, scalp, oh. armpits, chest, genital areas for lice. Oh, God. If any lice were found... Hairy areas. Hairiest. If any lice was found, men's hair was clipped close to the head, and then the clippings were burned. <laughs> Women's hair was doused with a mixture of vinegar and kerosene. Oh, my God. You're a bomb. Get out there. <laughs> That's why we call you candle. <laughs> they would then wrap in it a towel, and it would be left on the hair for at least 30 minutes. And then they were re-inspected <laughs> to see if they still had it. That's got to be a very – I mean, they're not, they don't have salons. So you fucking show up, they take off your clothes, they take all your shit. Yeah, they check they, your genitals, your pits. Your, yeah, they check your, your whole... They put vinegar and kerosene in your hair, and then they're like, come back in 30 minutes. So they re-inspected. If it turned out all the nits had not been removed, the process was repeated. Oh, God. The, the word nits makes me want to throw up. <laughs> Why? It just grosses just, just you out? Just the idea of nits. little tiny lice eggs. I want to vomit all over everything. Yeah, well... Once inspectors declared... Just don't think about it too much, man. Because in reality... Don't. <laughs> Once inspectors declared the lice test had been passed, the naked people were gathered in a bathing area and sprayed with a liquid soap made of soap chips and kerosene oil. Okay, naked people, naked people, over here. Gather over here. So, you guys are, congratulations, you have made it to round two. We're now going to spray you like cars. With oil and soap. Okay. This is our way of saying, fuck you. Oh, well, that's not in the talking points, Deb. Sorry. Being real. After they would get their sanitized clothing... Immigrants were then evaluated by a foreman, vaccinated, and given a certificate that they had completed the procedure. They would then enter the Immigration and Naturalization Service building for processing. Wow. So it's kind of a horrible thing. Good Lord. It's a bit horrible. Some people call it demeaning. Yeah. One woman who worked as a maid in El Paso during the revolution said she felt humiliated for being treated as a, quote, dirty Mexican. On one occasion, the U.S. Customs officials put her clothes and shoes through a large dryer, and her shoes melted. Oh, God. Anyway, have a good trip to America. Well, uh, that's probably based on uh, the ticks. That's probably not us. Yeah. They burned. Yeah, that's, those are t- that's a, uh, you got a tick fire. You know the uh, old saying, these shoes are not worth that candle. Uh, or uh, we made your shoes a candle. Eh, whatever it is. Good luck walking. All right, see ya. Over 127,000 Mexicans were deloused at the Santa Fe International Bridge in 1917 wow. alone. Wow. That's cool. It's pretty large. It's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Welcome to America. Hey, we'll always be the worst. <laughs> Besides basic humiliation, Mexican women discovered that they were secretly being photographed by uh, custom agents, uh, and the photos were being displayed at a local bar. Oh, my God. What the... Why? Well, no. That, that's just obviously was going to happen. I, but you would hope in some way... It just was always going to happen. Yeah, I know. And a few months later, 16 prisoners 
uh, were being bathed with gasoline at the El Paso jailhouse. Who's advising the... <laughs> I don't know, but there's a lot of gasoline so, cleaning going yeah, on. Yeah, well, who's, who's the person who's going with gas? I don't, well, there's a lot of gas around then. Sure. It's, I guess, Soap, too, I'd imagine. I, I assume that it kills a lot of the bugs. Sure. It's gas. Yep. So put it on a dude. Oh, uh, now you guys finally smell good. Uh, so they were being bathed in gasoline, and uh, somehow a cigarette got involved, and 16 guys died. No! Don't, here's the thing. Don't you, bathe in gas! Yeah, that's one of the first things they tell you at the gas bath. Don't light a smoke. No smoking at the gas bath. Well, this is seriously, you guys. Last week, 16 guys didn't listen to me. Hey, all these rules are stressing me out. I'm going to have a smoke. No! <laughs> In 1917, Camelita Torres was one of the women who made the daily trek. She was a 17-year-old Juarez maid who crossed the Santa Fe International Bridge into El Paso from Juarez each morning to clean homes. At 7.30 a.m. on May 28th, Camelita was asked by the customs officials at the bridge to get off the trolley, take a bath, and be disinfected with gasoline. Now, so she's someone who does this every day, so she's like, why the fuck should I... Yeah, like, like I, 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 I do believe that there were people who who did it every day, and then you, once it happened a couple times, they're like, "Okay, you're clean." You can right. Go. So she's upset. Yeah. She refuses. Okay. Instead, she got off the electric streetcar and quickly convinced all the other thirty female passengers to get off with her and demonstrate their opposition to the humiliation of delousing. Okay. They crossed to the Mexican side and began to demonstrate. An hour later, the group had grown to 200 Mexican women. Okay. And they now blocked all traffic into El Paso. And it went on. By noon, the press estimated their numbers as several thousand. Jeez. All women. That's a... uh, It's happening. Yeah. We got a revolution, motherfucker. Yeah. They marched as a group toward the disinfection camp and called out those who were submitting themselves to the delousing process. Immigration and public health service officers tried to disperse the crowd, but the protesters responded by throwing bottles, rocks, and plenty of insults. It's good protesting right there. One customs inspector uh, was hit in the head with a bottle. Okay. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I mean, that's the end of him? I mean, he lived. He's yeah. hit in the head. All right. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Fort Bliss Commander General I'm Bell. I'm okay with when Ju- You ever seen when Justin Bieber got hit in the face with a, not a glass bottle, but a plastic oh. bottle? Oh. Did you not like that? Ah, it's just dead hit. Yeah, really? Yeah. It's just, you're just like, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not, hey, I'm not, you know, Look, but I'm okay I mean, with that. If you're that good. I like pro- that. Yeah. If you, if you have those kind of skills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fort Bliss Commander General Bell ordered his soldiers to the scene, but the women did not give a shit. They just shouted remarks at Bell and his soldiers and kept control of the street. Okay. The women would be referred to in newspaper stories as the Amazons. The Amazons? You know, giant Amazon women who are... Oh. It's racist. It's not racist. I think it's, um, you know... You're not calling them ladylike. You're saying right. You're basically saying it's misogynist. You're saying that the, these giant, right? Like, not women, women. Right. They're not, not womanly women. Not ready for America, women. Right. 
<clears throat> no, you have your place. It's just not here in this industrialized world. No, we're just saying go back to, uh, you know, the uh, the thing, wherever you're from. Yeah. We forget what it's called, but go to your little, here, you know, thing and, um, yeah, really? you know, and... Uh, you know, just get out of here. We're just look, 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 guys. Like we said, it's either delousing or the highway. So, mm -hmm. our phrases are really fucked up. They're not good. You know, a half a candle or an apple. Hey, you make, uh, the, you make the pick. If you're playing a game, not gonna need a lighter, are you? Mm -mm. One Amazon woman hit Sergeant J M Peck in the face with a rock and cut him. <laughs> Again, I'm fine. Yeah, again, I'm fine. The protesters next laid down on the tracks in front of trolley cars to prevent them from moving. After the streetcars stopped moving, the women ripped out the motor controllers oh, God. of the hands of the American <laughs> motormen. <laughs> One of the motormen attempted to run Doesn't back. seem very Amazonian. That's pretty Amazonian. To know where the motor is? Oh, that's not Amazonian yeah. at all. One of the motormen attempted to run back to the American side of the bridge. Three or four female rioters grabbed him as he tried to flee and beat the shit out of him, giving him a black eye. Uh, Again, yes. I'm telling you, this is fine. Another motorman ran into a Chinese restaurant on Avenida Jorez. I'll have a number 30. <laughs> hey, uh, I guess I'll take a burrito with rice. Uh, I'm being chased a lot. Uh, what is the fastest? Uh, uh, 32, and then let me get Crab Rangoon to go. Later in the day, one woman showed a reporter three controllers she had taken from trolley cars. That's pretty great. Yeah, she's the best. I'm making souvenirs. And uh, the El Paso Herald, quote, the women took complete control of the port prohibiting any traffic between Juarez and El Paso. Okay. Uh, General Francisco Marquia, hmm, hopefully, sure, sure. showed up with his troops to stop the all-female riot. His cavalry was known as El Escuadrón de la Muerta. Okay, the death squad. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Great. And it was very intimidating. Well, that name is kind of it's bold. It's not a good name. It's bold. They wore an insignia of a skull and crossbones and were known for taking no prisoners. Sure. Okay. The cavalrymen arrived, drew their sabers, and pointed them at the mob of women. You there! <laughs> Hello! But to the women, again, yeah, they didn't give a shit. Yeah. They mocked, yelled, and hooted at, and then attacked the soldiers. Okay. The El Paso Herald reported, quote, the soldiers were powerless. <laughs> According to the <laughs> El Paso Herald, quote, one of the men who gathered to watch the women's demonstration yelled, Viva Villa! So that's Ponce Villa. Okay. Uh, and was made a prisoner by the Carranza soldiers and taken to military headquarters where he was immediately court-martialed or uh, sentenced to death. Jesus. And uh, it was reported he was executed that afternoon. Good Lord. Look, they got a good. They got it's quite a, a turnaround. Really, they got a really good uh, court system. It's very smooth and fluid. I'd like to appeal. No. Oh, you go this afternoon. The appeal is that you're going to be killed. I'll see you miss final meals. Hi. Mm. Um, several shots were fired in the area of the riot, but no one was hurt. 
extra guards were then placed on duty. Just after 12 o'clock, Mexican officials sent a representative to ask American officers at the bridge for a conference. Okay. Two American officials came to Juarez. The Mexican authorities and the American authorities agreed they would do anything in their power to disperse the mob. Okay. And then the Mexican soldiers with American soldiers charged and the women quickly dispersed. Okay. Traffic between Juarez and El Paso was quickly resumed. Camelita Torres and other so-called leaders were arrested. Today she's known as like the Rosa Parks sort of. I was going to say, I didn't want to make that comparison before, but, but there's. The difference is, is that Rosa Parks led to great change. Okay. Or this led to no change. Right. There was no change. Still, I mean, you are the. The spark. Oh, no, you did some something sort of, really impressive. Yeah. Fucking for sure. The balls. Well, that's not the right thing to say. Yeah. No, do you know what I say? The balls on. Let me go ahead and take it all back. <laughs> there was no change to the delousing program at the border. Instead, it went on for decades. Wow. Soon, DDT and other insecticides would be used. Shut up. They're using DDT on, straight up on people. Oh, yeah. There's pictures of them just fucking spraying people in the face. Dude, you just don't don't ever get sprayed. No. Whenever anytime anyone's ever saying a spray, never. No. Avoid all sprays. Yeah. Eventually, the process was stopped when authorities realized the chemicals were dangerous. That was in the late 1950s. Ugh. U.S. officials, beginning in the 1920s, started delousing and spraying clothes. With Zyklon B. Oh, that sounds good. The fumigation was done in an area of the building called, quote, the gas chambers. Good. Good, good, good. Cool. What? No, I just know they were a hot buzz term around then, so it's cool to capitalize on that gas chamber heat. Yeah. In 1938, a German scientific article in a journal was written that praised the El Paso method of fumigating Mexican immigrants oh. with Zyklon B. Well, that's, that's certainly who's seal you're after. Be- Approved by Germans! At the beginning of World War II, the Nazis adopted Zyklon B as a fumigation agent at a German border crossing and concentration camps. Later, when the final solution was put into place, the Nazis used Zyklon B pellets in what they called, quote, gas chambers to kill human beings. That's familiar. That's America. Um, We export stuff. We're exporters. Do you ever just think about us? God, we're rascals. (laughs) So if you put together... The fact that we exported eugenics and we uh, apparently, according to this book that I read, exported the idea of gas chambers. So we, we are the architects. Well, we're a think tank for genocide. We're what I like to call a... Uh, what was the one called from the last one? Pad? Oh, uh, jam pad? Jam pad! We're a jam pad. We're a jam pad. America is a jam pad for horrific ideas. Yeah. We're a jam pad. (laughs) Oh, God. You feel good? It's been a rough night. (laughs) 
just putting DDT on people. Just spraying people with DDT. Oh my god. Just delousing human beings. We just allow it for no fucking reason. I mean, they're just doing it to fuck with them. Yeah. To, to, it, it's a Trump move. It's a move to stop people. Well, from I, was, I mean, that's what I was like. It's you know, there's uh, again. I mean, like when you think, like when when you think of what happened in uh, London, like just now, the the idea that you know that. Uh, any kind of ban on people like the core relating that to the idea of not wanting Muslim immigrants at all to come into this country uh, under a travel ban is, I mean, it's like the same, you know, it doesn't fucking matter. People who are going to be, First of all, they're mentally ill, and then. But it's it's demand. But, but these secondly, are these are people. That, a lot of times, these are nationalists. So these are people who live in the. So the I like these people are domestic. Are domestic. Right. They start here. So they, they start, or they st- in this case, they started in England. They're not right. They're they're radicalized they're, in the country. That so they live. so again, you you like are you're you know I mean it's the same thing as <laughs> you're you're just you, bringing a knife to a gunfight. Are you saying D Laos? Muslims? You know, now that I'm hearing it pitched back. No. Is that what you, do you think I'm saying? No, I'm just fucking with you. Oh, that. yeah. I was going to say. Hopefully that didn't come across. It's late. Um, but again, I mean, like, the, you know, there's there's just no correlation. But yet we allow this stuff because we're, uh, we want to send some kind of message. The message always backfires. It's good. It's good. Oh, it'll be exciting to see how it turns out. It's not going to turn out. I'm excited to see how it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> we sign. Schmankers! We sign people. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it. After it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help 